0: Bournemouth nil, Crystal Palace 2 are reflections of sides that continue to do different things when the chips are down. But instead of making major changes like Bournemouth, Crystal Palace did something minor in order to change their fortunes and it just goes to show that yet again, as long as the system stays the same, all you need to do are minor tweaks and things should turn out reliably well. Bournemouth, who had their hand forced, really, with the injuries to Marcus Tavernier. And in this particular case, Philip Billing, playing on the right side, or sometimes the left, also had to be withdrawn due to injury. The result? Two brand new wingers playing for Bournemouth for the first time, that essentially changed the entire dynamics of their attack. On the left, Jaden Anthony, having played substitute for the previous few game weeks, finally earns his start. And at the same time, on the right side, Philip Billing's injury meant that Siriki Dembele, used as a substitute during their promotion campaign, finally has to come to the fore. Prior to the World Cup, Bournemouth were largely reliant on their central midfielders that just happened to be played on the flanks. This time around, without quality in central midfield itself, the relatively reserved Cook and Lerma basically just operated as a flat two, prioritising serving the wingers as Anthony had to work together with Zamora on the left flank in order to create overloads while on the right side, a relatively narrow Dembele actually had to use Adam Smith's deep crossing in order to facilitate more attacks down the left side. Palace came with the plan, however, and the two central midfielders were basically blocked off, which meant that a lot of Bournemouth's passages of play occurred down the flanks and it is there where really we see magic happen. Now, I'm not going to push any names here, but at the very least, we have to be aware of Bournemouth's new attacking threats moving forward. On the left side, Unfortunately, Anthony does not create a lot on his own just yet. But on the right side, things get really interesting because Dembele and Smith don't attack themselves, but rather they play in a very familiar name, Dominic Solanke. Solanke now dropped deeper as a number 10 since he did not have the service of his usual wingers. And Solanke's job was basically to also make sure that the link between left wing and right wing was secure. For FPL purposes, it just means that you're looking at Teams that are weak on the wings. If Bournemouth were to prosper, at the same time, more interestingly and more importantly, we—if we were to target Bournemouth defence, Man <clears throat> United defences coming up—we are targeting Bournemouth's newfound weakness that had not surfaced, surfaced for a while. Set pieces. They considered yet they consider two corners actually to Crystal Palace here, and even though they did not concede any corners against Chelsea last time out. They did show weaknesses against Leeds, conceding to Cooper, West Ham as well, conceding to Zuma, and so on. In fact, they actually conceded two corners against Spurs, and that resulted in goals. So, really, for Man United, who have been in relatively good goal scoring form themselves from corners, you're looking at Marcus Rashford, the prophet, if not one of the central defenders. Not Luke Shaw, but you know, one of the other central defenders will also be a worthy differential moving forward. Palace. Here we go. The 4-2-3-1 sort. The personnel have no change at all but the obvious stuff with Guehi coming back and Joel Ward standing in for Tyreek Mitchell on the left side. But more interestingly up front, even though we expected Wilfred Zaha to play the number nine, in actual fact, it was Jordan Ayo who switched things up playing the number nine, shifting Zaha to the left, shifting Oles to the right. And the system looked completely different. Zaha on the left, Police on the right played extremely narrowly, attempting to cut out passes from Bournemouth's centre-backs to Bournemouth's midfield. So it wasn't just about redirecting the ball to the flanks. It was also about winning the ball on the flanks because it allowed for an extremely narrow space for the likes of Board and their central midfielders, particularly Schloped to really actively control the game by squeezing the size of the pitch in those areas. The unfortunate thing here is that under this setup, in open play at least, it did not amount to much because, well, where do the shots come from? Wilfred Zaha on the left played against Adam Smith on the right, which technically is a good matchup but Bournemouth were wise to it, having a centre-back extremely close to the man. And instead, Jordan Ayew had to be occupied by another centre-back and Olise cutting inside was manned pretty well by Zamora, which explained Zamora's lack of output. So. It was momentum where Palace continued to receive corner after corner, free kick after free kick. And so in this particular match, majority of chances basically came via dead balls. Having said that, Patrick Vieira did not remain rigid in his structure, eventually bringing on the likes of Eduard and Mateta, resulting in a lot of counterattacks actually initiated by Palace, as Bournemouth attempted to retake some form of control on the game. The convenient thing here, at least for FPL purposes, is that Palace's schedule coming up reads Spurs, Chelsea, Newcastle, Man United, Brighton. So we're not looking at investing in Crystal Palace assets until mid-February at least, where they begin their run with Brighton followed by a whole bunch of other mid-table teams that they can potentially win. Having said that, targeting Palace defence, at least in terms of attacking them, especially away from home, is something that is a relatively sound strategy. So, with their fixtures away from home, we are looking at trying to purchase players from Chelsea, if not Man United, who will do the damage. In this particular case, majority of Bournemouth's good play came down the right side, and it will be no surprise if Man United's Jadon Sancho perhaps recovers from injury to play on the right side itself. If not, Marcus Rashford is a safe pick, and as for Chelsea, Their right side is not exactly fruitful as of now So it's difficult to take advantage of Palace here But who knows Maybe against future opponents Against Spurs And up next We will see more weaknesses show Palace's three points here were absolutely needed Especially as a confidence booster Because they've seen now that After Spurs lost 2-0 to Palace Them arriving at Selhurst Park up next Makes them wounded animals For Palace to capitalize on There is no doubt that Bournemouth will also need to retool Or at least get used to the fact That they have to play a lot of their Production on the flanks So it just remains to be seen How they fare And at this stage Perhaps the question is not about Solanke anymore But for FPL purposes We really just need to target both defenses and hope for the best. This is field teacher who will bring you Fulham Southampton in an hour's time.